Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, we are in a little bit of a dead time here with theater news. There's not a ton going on, although there were some things that we need to get into that I want to uh, discuss a little bit with you. But things are slowing down. Normally, we see this throughout the entire summer, but it's interesting to me that because we had so many shows begin performances and, and open, and we still have some more, but more so than normal during the summer, it is interesting that we're only really looking like we're going to have a month or so of this uh, downtime that normally takes up most of the summer, but it is a little quiet. Uh, I know it doesn't mean that you get to catch your breath as a Broadway insider, but for a lot of us who are get hyped up on this news, it's, it's a little few and far between, but we will get into what we have today, but whether or not there's a ton of news breaking on a daily basis or not, we are coming to you every single weekday and you can follow along and support us at patreon.com slash Broadway radio, Broadway radio.com slash Patreon. Now, Grace, you might know about this. You might have known about this ahead of time, or it might be something that is a complete surprise to you because I just saw it on social media just a little bit before we started recording. And the one and only Ingrid Michaelson seems to be doing a very, very not so subtle tease on her social media. She has posted a video that just has a piece of paper. We'll get back to that here in a second that says, I've got a secret to tell. And that's it. And it's in front of her face. She pulls it down and has a little Cheshire cat grin going on. And of course, the piece of paper that she's writing in is a notebook. And the only thing that she has in the caption of this social media post is a house, which obviously plays a, a big part. A house in emoji, the, like the image of a house. Yes, yes. yes the house emoji. <laughs> obviously, strong connections to the notebook. Ingrid Michaelson is is making her musical theater writing debut as the composer for the musical version of the notebook, which had its out of town trout in Chicago. I mean, I think, I mean, we all know what this means, that The Notebook is planning on coming to Broadway, and presumably it's going to make an announcement soon. I'm going out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that when it does announce, Grace, I have no inside information, that it's going to announce for the spring. And the only reason I say that is, is because one of the first people to comment on Ingrid's post, is actually the second person, Eva Noblezada just replied, OMG, OMG. But then the person under her, was Joy Woods. Joy Woods starred in the out-of-town tryout of The Notebook, and her response to Ingrid's post was, trying to figure out what this means. I'm guessing there's a little bit of sarcasm in there, but as we've talked about before, Joy Woods is starring in the Classic Stage Company's production of I Can Get It For You Wholesale coming up this fall. It is running October 10th and is currently set to run through December 3rd. One, I heard nothing but incredible reviews for her. So unless they were going to boot her off of the show, which I don't think they were going to do, she's probably attached. The fact that she is joking around in the mentions means she's probably still attached. So looking at the fact that she is hashtag booked and blessed going from Little Shop of Horrors to I Can Get It For You Wholesale Grace seems like to me just reading the writing on the walls, again, zero inside information that when and if the notebook announces and if. Ingrid is teasing it now, probably sooner rather than later, that it is going to set a spring Broadway opening. What do you, am I reading too much into this? Am I like being one of the, the Swifties trying to break down social media posts and coming up with, uh, with theories? Well, Matt, I don't know if you noticed, but 
Ingrid is not the only person to post that video with the house emoji. No. You had a slew of theater influencers posting that at the exact same time today in conjunction with Ingrid's post. I think that this is twofold. And again, this is not insider. This is just me doing the math in my brain. I think that the house is not only a metaphor for the house that appears that uh, what's uh, Noah builds in the mm-hmm. book, movie and musical, but also that they're going to announce which house they are getting for the spring. I can only assume that it's the spring. I think it's the smartest move for them to go into the spring. And also depending on what shows are available in the house that they want, um, that might be it. I heard rumors of the music box for a long time. That's obviously Pearly Victorious's home currently into the fall. So who knows? Um, this is really exciting, but we can only assume that this is the notebook and they are announcing a house. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think the fact that obviously when they announce if they do announce a Broadway house, they will also announce when, at least to the general time frame, if they'll say spring or maybe they'll even say February, March, April, whenever. So I th- assume that is coming very soon, and I can only assume and hope that this will be an incredible star turn for Joy Woods, who has been fantastic in everything I've ever seen her in. So certainly looking forward to that from her whenever that announcement comes, probably sooner rather than later. Now, Grace, on yesterday's show, a little bit delayed because of the embargo, we talked about the fact that Spamalot is coming back to Broadway later this year, actually in just a couple months. Looking at some of the kind of math and connecting that I did with Joy Woods made me think a little bit about Spamalot. We talked yesterday about the fact that James Monroe Iglehart is busy. We talked about the fact that Alex Brightman is busy. As I was going through the cast list for some, for the Kennedy Center production of this, it reminded me that there are some other people who are busy as well. We did talk about Michael Yuri yesterday. Unless the Da Vinci Code extends, he should be available. But Rob McClure, who was also in the Kennedy Center Center Stage production, is also now booked and blessed as well, heading out on the national tour of Mrs. Doubtfire, reprising his Tony-nominated role. So what I was thinking was, maybe we can look at some people who we think not, again, zero inside information. I know nothing about this in terms of the casting with those people who are busy. But maybe we could banter about some folks who might be in this show. The first people that came to mind are people who have dramatic chops, but also are very funny. The first people that came to mind are, are actually a trio of people who were attached to Into the Woods, I thought first of Neil Patrick Harris, then I thought Brian Darcy James, and then even Christian Borle, who starred in the original production, but it, maybe he could come back in a new role, maybe play King Arthur in this version. He is in Some Like It Hot, but interestingly enough, I looked it up. Generally, perhaps his first contract was for one calendar year, and the Broadway production of Spamalot will begin performances 364 days after the first performance of Some Like It Hot. So perhaps his contract, because contracts usually start a month before performances with rehearsals and stuff. So maybe that puts him perfectly in line to join this production. So I don't know the show very well at all. You saw the Kennedy Center production. Are there any other names that jump out to you that could possibly be good for this for this Broadway revival? Well, let's consider the fact that we are currently in a strike and we're not sure when that ends for writers and actors. Very fair. Martin Short and Steve Martin are very available and very funny and very musical. And I have. Do they fit characters in that show? I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> I can't stress enough how I do not have any inside information on what this cast would look like. I really need to be clear about that. I'm just shouting from the rooftops that if Steve Martin is going to work on the same street where I work, 
I will combust in joy. And uh, I think that also we need to be mindful of the fact that the artwork that is being used for this production yes. has King Arthur as a person of color. So I don't think that that means that that role could be available to Christian Borle, although I did you know, in, in a perfect world, think that he should come back to that and just jump across the street um, at the St. James to come back into, it, it might be the first time in history, I could be wrong, so someone will correct me, I'm sure, of if the, if an actor that was in the original Broadway production could be Tony nominated for the revival in a different role, if that, if that revival got a Tony nomination um, mm, on, on many fronts. So I'm not sure if that's ever happened. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I'm excited for whatever this might mean, but I think that you actually have a lot more opportunity for casting here, depending on what their, you know, budgets are to have some really big TV and film names in this because of what's going on in our current climate. That's interesting. And especially because they did say in the press release that this was going to be a limited run. And then they said probably. So if it does super well, they'll extend. But if they do book it as an as a, as a limited run just for four months, six months, whatever, that probably could get some some more TV and film people interested. Uh, your your point about the the key art is, is or the promotion, promotional art is very important because it is a person of color playing King Arthur. It does have facial hair very similar to James Monroe Iglehart, which we know that he is not doing it unless he changes his plans completely, which I don't anticipate him doing. Short of that, I was going to throw out a name that I don't think would probably ever happen, but... How amazing would it be for Sada Ramirez to play King Arthur in this revival? They want a Tony for the original version to come back and then be Tony nominated for a different role in a revival. That would be interesting. I, I don't know if that's possible or if they're interested at all, but I'd love it. I would I would love to see them on Broadway again, famously. It would be interesting to see Sara Ramirez back on Broadway. I would love to see them in anything that they wanted to do. They're incredible. I want to hear them sing again, to be frank. Um, I've been waiting for that episode of Sex and the City um, to Electric Boogaloo or whatever this season is called and just like that. Um, but I think that uh, I, I, I'm curious of what that would mean. I think it would be incredible and it would be an absolute statement. I don't know that a non-binary performer has ever gone into a revival of a, a role that was written for uh, a particular gendered identity. Sure. I, I'm not sure, but I think it'd be fascinating. And I really uh, like screw this conversation about spam a lot. I just want Star Ramirez back on yes, Broadway. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like we've been asking for that for decades at this point. And again, I want to say these are all just names I'm throwing out. I have never seen the show. I know some of the songs, but I d it's not a show that I know super well. And I haven't seen Holy Grail in 30 25 30 years maybe so um, I am certainly not maybe not 30 but 25 years so I'm certainly not somebody who has is an expert on the content of this show but just throwing out some names that I think could be fun but we will have to wait and see maybe sooner than later I'm not exactly sure all right, Grace, I want to um, head out to the Goodspeed Opera House real quick to talk about some of the reviews that are in for Summerstock, which is the stage adaptation of the iconic MGM movie musical that starred Judy Garland and Gene Kelly. It is currently running through August 27th. It has a book and additional lyrics by Sherry Steinkellner and stars Corbin Blue and Danielle Wade in the Gene Kelly and Judy Garland roles. I'm not going to go too deep into these, but they are interesting. Elizabeth Vincentelli writing for the New York Times said, quote, 
What makes this summer stock pop is its cast, which appears to be having a blast, another element that is too often missing. Blue, who got his start portraying a young basketball star in the High School Musical franchise, has become a terrific interpreter of Golden Age fare. His athleticism and deceptively casual nonchalance allow him to effortlessly lead energetic dance numbers like Dig for Your Dinner, and his voice has matured into a warm baritone that works wonders on It Had to Be You, one of the too many songs added to the show. Frank Rizzo writing for Show Riz was not exactly as excited about it as Elizabeth was. He wrote, quote, The book, which is significantly refashioned from the bones of the lame screenplay, is still disappointing with stock characters, generic dialogue, and a considerable lack of wit or cleverness in the script and staging. The dancing, which is the show's main recommendation, is very satisfying and the ensemble works its toes off. And while there's a lot of great dancing, especially tap in which Blue is a master, there are a few wow moments, and taking a single swing from a rope isn't one of them. In the film, Kelly memorably did a terrific paper tear dance, a bit fitfully appropriated in the musical Newsies, and danced by Ryan Steele. Any reference of Ryan Steele, Grace, for you and I is is always very exciting. So we'll see. Uh, I have not heard anything about this one transferring in, but as we talked about when this cast was announced, I stan anything corbin blue does so i would love to see him back on broadway especially in a show that lets him dance like this one all right in some other casting news that we got yesterday the broadway bound whiz revival tour revealed its entire ensemble some familiar names are in there including maya bowles allison k daniel judith franklin colin hayward amber jackson mariah little and anthony murphy what is interesting here is we still do not have any casting for either the tour and or broadway for adipearl or most importantly for Dorothy. The press release did say that Dorothy would be announced in the coming weeks. I imagine we're going to get somebody who is either completely brand new or has, you know, maybe a a few supporting ensemble credits, but is not a, a big time name. I don't know anything about who is being cast in this, but that is something, certainly something to keep an eye on as the show works its way to Broadway. And then, Grace, one last little bit of news before we get into some recommendations. Yesterday, it was announced that the Spirited Away stage adaptation will be playing the London Coliseum in 2024. So I don't know if that means you're going to have to head back over to the UK in uh, starting in April of 2024, but it'll play a 12 week limited engagement. The specific dates are to be announced. It is directed by John Caird, who worked on Les Mis and many other things. This is the same one that they did in Japan and then was streamed around the world. A new production set in London coming in 2024. Grace, are you already looking to book flights or, or are you actually going to wait to see Am when I the dates are? stalking? Yes, of course. Um, I'm already absolutely all over Toby Ollie, the puppetry master uh, behind mm-hmm. all of those works um, on his Instagram page. You can see he also was talking about the restaging of this. It's very exciting. I have to go. That's it. That's the tweet. That is the tweet or the X or the post or whatever we're calling it now. All right. My recommendation, it's going to come as a little bit of a surprise, not that I'm recommending it, but that I have a little bit of a a qualm with the release. But yesterday, my beloved Once Upon a One More Time released a full multicam pro shot of Jen Samard doing Toxic. I love the show. I love Jen Samard. I love this number. I am a little curious about it, though, Grace, because it's not exactly the number that I would have chosen to promote it to a wider audience. I think it's great, and I think theater people are going to absolutely love it, but it's darker. It's slowed down. It's 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 ominous. It's not the kind of pop Britney vibe that I think the wider audiences are going to latch onto. I do understand that they've done 
Circus quite a bit, which is obviously the other big show-stopping number. They've done that quite a bit on TV already and and in other promotional things. So I understand not releasing that. I love it for us, for us, like the people listening to this and who care about Jennifer Samard. But I do think it is curious that they didn't go with a little bit more traditional, upbeat, poppy number from the show. Well, Matt, what if I told you that the most, uh, I'm not going to say requested, but the the most times that phones come up to try to capture when they should not be, because it is illegal, um, to capture moments of the show when people try to put slime tutorials or uh, leaked footage out on social media is Circus and Toxic. So they've released Circus. Mm-hmm. Now they've released Toxic so people can put their damn phones away. I thought this was actually really smart of them knowing that a large number of the fan base stays for act two to see Jem Samar do her thing. I mean, they're staying for the show, but they specifically have gone on record. So many people on social media to say that is their favorite moment of act two. So to me, this was a no brainer of a release. Um, I think it was really well done. And um, if, if those two numbers are the biggest hype numbers of the show, do it. I think it's great. And I know that those things cost a ton of money. So a lot of thought probably went into the design of which numbers got selected. Um, I was fascinated to see it as well. But I agree if all of their, you know, if everything that's going out is of the princesses as well, if you're going to release some footage for the people and the people are begging for Jen, give them Jen. I mean, you're not going to hear any arguments from me, but that's fascinating to kind of think about that that obviously a big number, but this is one of the ones that is getting <laughs> it in bootlegged and, and slime tutorialed more than any other. I do again, I, I just wonder if it if that is more theater people or the the wider Britney audience. But either way, you're you're right. They spend a lot of money on this, so they clearly had an idea as to what they were doing. And anything that makes Jen Smart a bigger star, I am very, very happy for. So I'm excited to watch this over and over and over and over again. And I at this point, I'm 99% sure I'm going to be seeing it next week again. So I'm happy about it. And I will be very, very delighted that to be proved wrong that this ends up being a, a really big uh, help to it selling tickets because it has not been super great at the box office just yet. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and Blue Sky and Threads and whatever else at BWW. Matt, Grace, where can people find you? Follow me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Thursday, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.